No, you don't slap that one, you get away with it. No, you don't slap that one, and you turn the other chick. Say, hey, hey, right now, all the chicks are finished. <laughs> you guys slapped all the chicks when I was going to the cross. Right now, repent or perish. That, that's the current Jesus you are dealing with. The one that John the Beloved saw and did not recognize. Are you getting my point? Why? How will you recognize him? When a double-edged sword is coming out of his mouth, you won't recognize him. What am I going to say? The reason why he appears hindered is what I'm explaining. That is the reason why he appears hindered. When a fine boy church wants to open branches in the jungle, <laughs> did not. Pastor doesn't have the grace. His English is too good. Praise the Lord. The Lord was speaking to me this morning. Your church is not going to open in the jungle of Zambisa. Forget it. But you have money. There are people that as you are doing praise the Lord, they are doing room, room on their bike. Ready to ride into anywhere. Tell them how many are you, are you guys? They say a hundred. That means you need a hundred bikes. You and I know. One brand new SUV has solved that problem. So, so that you have peace of mind. There's no trouble. How old are your children? Oh, we have come together to make sure that there's no problem with schooling. Once they pass jump, let us know. Then guys will preach. <laughs> they will preach. Oh God, they will preach. You don't need your branch. Nobody's counting how many branches you have. You are the one counting it. God is not counting it. No, he's not counting it. You are the one counting it. You are the one counting it. That counting of branches will soon kill you. You won't report how many branches you helped expand. That's not a member of your church. You won't report how many missionaries you guys that's not in your denomination that you guys are spending money on. You know, I've been diagnosed with that the problem in the body of Christ. We don't understand this portion of the scriptures. Let me say it again today. We cannot all be one denomination. We can't be. We cannot be. It is not, God doesn't even want it. I even have a suspicion that in heaven we will worship differently. <laughs> it's a suspicion, no? Because you think God does not like, do you want a revolution? He too, he nods. When they are, ah, Jesus say, come on, Kirk, come on. Yeah, when Kirk is in, Jesus is nodding. You think he Jesus, people think Jesus is one dry guy. No, he's not. He's not. When he enters, hey, Kirk, yo, man, what's happening? Yeah, give, Kirk, give Kirk a high five. And I wonder what the old papas from Redeem and Deeper Life see that. Jesus said, no, no need to quarrel. One spirit, one spirit. <laughs> Kek and Co. on this side. Hey, WF Kumuyi on this side. Those of us who worship the Lord, let us thank the Lord today. Hallelujah. It's the same thing. So Jesus will separate the denominations. Like I said, that is what I think. I may be wrong. Maybe that day all of us will start thinking the same way, but I strongly doubt it. God made us with variety. Yes. If we're all the same, this earth would have been a very, very useless place. No, can you imagine that every time you, you buy music, is a. Um, uh, no. What's the name of that man? The man is even good. What's the name of We thank the. Jim Reeves. <laughs> Every day, why? If I, you won't go to church again. <laughs> say, what's that? We say, brother Jim, read his ministry. Oh. 
Are you getting my word? No, God made us very, very different. Very, very different. But it's still one spirit. It's still one spirit. So if we are all prospering, that's what I'm talking about. We can't be the same denomination, one denomination, no. The different people can do different things. Alright? But can have one spirit because we know that it's one Lord, one baptism, one glorious hope for the future. I like that expression in verse 4 of that chapter 4. He said, one glorious hope. This New Living Translation. If you have another Bible, it tells you something like, one hope of your calling. This one says, one glorious hope for the future. That one hope of your calling also tells you, we're all going to achieve the same thing. Become exactly like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one that I want us to bear in mind. It is crucial. This is why we may appear powerless. Not because our God is not powerful, but because we are not treating ourselves like the Lord said we should. If we recognize that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over every denomination, every individual, every nationality, then we'll find the power of God released. Like I said earlier, anything God wants to do, if we are not properly prepared on this earth, then the power cannot flow. The power cannot flow. Let's just leave it there. Now it now says this. We read this earlier. We have, each person has a gift, a special gift, through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a, group, a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Now, what, it was, what was he saying here? Let's just read verse 9. Let's continue reading. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. We've talked about this fact in the, in the previous days, talking about the, uh, how, how supreme this our Christ Jesus is. Now, please notice this. He said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard, complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other part grow, the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let me just stop here. This is the part I said I will just read first before we read the second part, but our time has really gone. So maybe we may not get the second part. Let me just say something about them there in that first part. There is something he said here. That's a, a chapter in verse um, 12. He said, The responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. All right? That is, if you have a King James, he used the word to prepare them for the work of ministry. The work of service. Now let me just explain something here. Now although we have mentioned this a bit earlier. The fact that we all have different gifts. Now my interpretation of this. This verse 11. Is that because Paul says something here. 
all of us have gifts. Each person differs in the kind of gift that he has. Alright? He said, to each of us, grace is given. He now went down to verse um, um, 11. Now, if you see verse 11, I want to use, it, use the New, Living, New American Standard. He said, and he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. Now, why I read this, okay, it just to emphasize something, the issue of gifts again. That you see, there are two types of gifts in the body of Christ. Paul says something in the book of Romans chapter 12. He said, through the gift, grace given to me, I say unto every one of you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but, so as, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has given to each one of us a measure of, of faith. Now, what am I going to say here? What Paul was saying is that some of us have gifts, alright, that stir up other gifts. I don't know what I get my point. He said, because through the grace that's given to me, I am stirring up in summary now, the gift that is inside you. I'm telling you how to handle it. What Paul was saying there is this, my own gift provokes and helps you to understand and use your own gift. Do you get the point? For that reason, I divide gifts into two groups. This provocative, stirring up and modulating type, and then the general type. Why am I saying so? In that same Romans chapter 12, Paul explained that every single one of us has something. Paul also said it here. This is Ephesians chapter 4 here. He said that he has given each one of us a special gift. Now, he now came down to verse 11 and explained that there are four gifts here listed. Now, some will tell you five. I can only find four there, all right? Now, don't split hairs over it. Some will say there are five. I think there are four. What are the four? Apostles, prophets, pastors. Uh, sorry, apostles, prophets, evangelists. Then last of all, pastors and teachers. If you see the way he broke them, that's exactly how Paul broke them. That's why I take it as four. He said, give some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. He didn't say some as pastors and some as teachers. So for that reason, you see the man lumped pastor with teacher. And there's a scripture for it. Jeremiah said, I will give you pastors after my heart who will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. So you see, the job of pastor is not to run administration or to head a church. In fact, if you read historically, the way the church was, the the pastor never headed a church. But now when we use the title pastor, we mean the head of a church. So let's not confuse it. What we call pastors these days is not what the Bible called pastors originally. Originally in the pastor, you had to be a teacher. So you could be a pastor and not be the head of a, an organization. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but the churches were run those days by a team of elders. And so what Paul, the, most, most of the time, they now have a representative of the apostles to head all of it. So if Paul is somewhere, he's the overall head. Then he leaves, he sends Timothy and says, help them to build up a team of elders. I say, I've sent you, same thing with Titus. I sent you around to go and appoint elders. So generally, churches are run by what they call elders. Okay? So elders could be different things. But generally, they are ministers of the gospel. But they tend to run with a plurality. So they never had one man who is king. They never had that. They didn't have that. So you find a Paul will come somewhere, plant a church. Then they have a team of elders. Initially, they are all baby Christians. So it takes time to build. They reach a particular level. 
he hears how they are progressing. He said, Timothy, there's a lot of misbehavior. Now go there, set, set things in order. Then you join me later. So what he does is that depose one elder, appoint a new one, put people in charge, and then he leaves. Okay? So the title pastor, okay, was meant for those who taught. But the point I want to emphasize here is this. That, you see, there are people, four groups there. You can take five. Let's not argue about it. All right? Some will say pastors are different from teachers. But that's because we take pastors as administrative heads. There's a gift of administration. All right? There is. There is. Which is very different from the gift of being a pastor. A pastor is, is enabled all right, by the grace of God upon him to take the scriptures and teach it in such a manner that it penetrates into the hearts of people so that they are established. All right? An administrator is different. So the church can have somebody who's doing a lot of administration. They are all gifts, okay? Now, but what I want to emphasize here is that so there are two side, side, sets. These ones are those who their job is to provoke and teach everybody to be able to use their gifts. You see that verse 12, he said this. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Alright, let's use a more common translation. King James will tell you that for the work of, to, how does it go again? To perfecting the saints for the work of ministry. That's the ministry I'm trying to look for there. Alright? My new American standard says for equipping of the saints for the work of service. So every Christian, Paul was explaining, is supposed to serve. Every Christian is a minister of the gospel. Every Christian is a minister of Christ. The difference, all right, between them, uh, uh, between the between the gift on everybody and this group is that these people, like Paul said, they have the kind of grace that tells people how to, um, that provokes the gift in other people. So Paul said that in Romans chapter twelve, through the grace that is given to me, I say to everyone amongst you, now this is how you handle your own gifts. So are you seeing what I'm going to say here? So his gift has the ability. You, 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 you've come here. I'm teaching the word of God. By the time you're done, as an example, you go out and you are provoked to go and excel. I was reading the um, R.J. Luturno, Move Out of Men on Mountains again, a book I talked about here some years ago. I just saw it in my house. I have a copy. and decided to read it again. And there was something he said. I said, oh, I should actually quote this in the revision of this our book, How to Work for God. He said there was a time there was pressure in his heart. He said that I need to serve God. And every time, you know, he goes to church regularly, he does everything. Then one day his sister told him that, do you have a problem with our Lord? He said, what do you mean do you have a problem with our Lord? I do work, I contribute to this, I do this, I volunteer for this. His sister said, look, but you are doing it as if, let me check it off, so that I've done it for the week. He said, you don't do that for somebody you really love. Yeah. So he was feeling this pressure, that, okay, let me make a long story short. He now felt that, okay, what this woman, well, what is going to happen to me that, is that I will now volunteer to go on mission, become a minister, the way we look at ministers, all right? But that day, the Holy Spirit now did something for him. Provoked him to go and talk to the preacher in, in a place where they went for a program. So he, he had dedicated his life to Christ that day and to ministry. And I came to the man, please advise me, what do I do? The man said, okay, later, see me later, let me pray about it. When he came back to see the man, the man said to him, God needs businessmen as much as he needs missionaries. Lotono got up from the place, dazed. Said it had never crossed his mind like that. That this his business could be his ministry. Even his sister thought, do business well so you can serve God. Are you getting my point? Go and do your business, then you'll come from there and serve the Lord. It didn't cross their minds that this my business is my service of God. 
So after that day, he realized that this is my own job. I ain't following anybody on any mission. But you know the truth? He was giving out 90% of his income. 90%. If he makes a million dollars, $900,000 goes to support ministry work. So he saw, let me not add my own words. He had two gifts there. He developed earth moving machines that the whole world followed. And two, he made a lot of money, 90% of which was committed to the preaching of the gospel. That was his grace. Are you getting my point? Now remember, how did he get to know that? He went to one man, that guy was a pastor, finished a program. He was so provoked, he went to him and said, Sir, how do I serve God? The man gave him one sentence. God needs businessmen as much as he needs missionaries. Can you see? To the grace given to me. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I've told each man how to use his gift as a businessman. There was no looking back after that day. The man pursued his work like this work I'm doing is God's work. Then he was making money. God was blessing him. Good. The people are going on missions. They need work. They need money. So he ended up at 90% of his income. When he finally sold his company, many years later, he sold it for tens of millions of dollars of the 70s. And he gave almost everything out for missions. He was not a preacher. But he used to go around preaching. Go around, well, talking, limping like that. Encouraging people on how to serve the Lord and all of that. What I want to emphasize. So Paul was telling us here, everybody has a gift. And that is the reason why the way we congregate, we differ. But let's not ever forget it. He was saying. As we are using our gifts, as each person is different, there is one Lord, there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. So we all have our gifts. Okay, we're not going to talk about that now. We're just looking at doctrines one by one. So Paul now saying that these people that we mentioned here, what is their job? They teach Christians. They motivate them. They, you know, they, they, they go out on outreaches to convert new people that never heard. I'm talking about apostles now, all right? They bring forth the word of God. Prophets are so important to God. And I dare to say, in today's Christianity, that's if you are praying for the body of Christ, pray for that gift. It's really, really down. It's really, really down. All these stupid boys, they've just corrupted the gift. Yes, they're all over town. Sometimes I look at their posters. I go to do the poster at workers that they pass for month. Yeah, yeah, because they're making this prophetic gift look like a bad thing. Prophetic gift is not about your phone number. Are you getting my point? If somebody gives a word of knowledge now, they think you are one of them. Honestly, well, if you are praying for the body of Christ, pray that prayer. That's a particular gift that I think is terribly lacking in the body of Christ. And I'll give you my reasons. Okay? One, Boko Haram sprang on us. We didn't know it was coming. We hardly knew it was coming. Economy tanks like this, we hardly had any warning. Surely the Lord God does nothing. Except he reveals his secret counsels. His counsel to his servants, the prophets. They are so not anywhere. And when they are there, the other day I was talking to one of my sisters. I said, be careful. Don't let all this uh, uh, tribalism, um, sectarianism, south and north, all those kind of Don't let it becloud your mind, your mind. Because the prophetic anointing cannot function 
where the mind is too becluttered by prejudices. It's very terrible. We shouldn't let that thing be corrupted. Like, why should he be in a political party? We know Google. Next time he prophesies, they won't believe him. PDP won't believe. After all, a member of APC. If you were PDP, will you believe a prophetic member of APC? <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe now. Let it lie. So we need direction. Dollar just moved from 120 to 415 in a space of three years. And we are taking. What happened to Joseph? So, so there was no Joseph to know. There's only one Joseph ahead of. Only one. He came to Enugu here. Someone in New Heaven here and preached. My friend was in the church and he came and told me. I reminded him about last week when we were talking in the office. He said, I told you then. I said, yes, he told me. That the man said this economy is going down. He warned everybody. He said, forget this economy is going down. He said it's about two years ago. And it went down. The good side I just like about it. He also said it's for a short while. I know you like that one. <laughs> See your amen as they bubble without provocation. <laughs> I, 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 um, I personally have... Now, this is not prophetic. This is based on understanding. I watched it and I think it's, it is 2000 and... End of 2018 that it returns. So you have two more years, all right? Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do? It's simple. Endure. What did I say? And then put yourself in such a place that when it turns, all right, your boat is ready. As the breeze starts blowing, you are in front. Don't, 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 don't let it find you where you are running away to Madagascar. Are you getting my point? Endure. Ability to endure is a mark of Christianity. The Lord is good. <laughs> so if you are praying for the body of Christ, all right, if you are praying for the body of Christ, Please bear that in mind. Pray that those gifts will be restored so that things don't catch us, all right? And so that we can pray properly. The times we are praying, I said, God said, you know, there, there, there was a time Ezekiel was praying. Jeremiah was praying. Jeremiah was praying, praying. God said, come. Stop that prayer. I'm not going to answer. He prayed, oh, sovereign Lord. And then the Bible on CD, if you listen to it, that's how the Jeremiah talks there. Ah, sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord say, relax. I will not answer. The guy prayed again. God called and said, come. If you like, go and wake Moses up. Wake Samuel up. Three of you conspire and pray. I still will not listen. So what do I do? What do, I do? Go and tell them. Those who are going to destruction, to destruction they shall go. They shall go. Those who are going to the sword, to the sword they shall go. Those who are going on exile, tell them that. Scatter them in four different ways. As for you, don't buy land. Don't marry. Don't invest again. The only thing I will give you is your life. Are you getting my point? That's what we're talking about. It's not every prayer that applies every time. But you need the prophetic guidance to know what to pray. When I listen to Kenneth Higgins, there are things he says. Very interesting. So one day, a man of God had an accident. And they called everybody. Everybody, come to the pulpit. Come and pray. There was a convention. Oh, this major man. Has had an accident. Oh, he's going to hurt the body of Christ in the country. And it was a leading word, a person in the body of Christ. So everybody ran to the people. All ministers come to the stage, come to the stage. As he was going, just heard the word, don't bother, he's going to die. And oh, and then suddenly he remembered. He looked at the time, looked at the year. It was when the Lord said, the man is going. The Lord had told him six years before that December 1965, the man is going. 
So he just turned around and went back to his seat. His wife said, what did the Lord tell you? He said, what do you mean, what did the Lord tell me? He said, he told you something. He said, all right, fine. I'll tell you. He said he's going to die. So he went back to his seat. Everybody was praying. Hey, Papa, in the name of Jesus. Just they looked there. <laughs> he said, the man is dead. The man is going to die. Of course, word came back. He's dead. Then he has given that prophecy to Gordon Lindsay in 59. Lindsay put it in the envelope, put it in the safe. Opened the safe, pulled it out. Exactly what he said. December 65, this man is going. He said, look, we shouldn't be... <laughs> all this one of going to let me, you know, come to church, are teaching diet, hallelujah diet, doctrine of demons. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's not mean that I call it doctrine of demons. They reference, they reference all these diet fads. He said doctrines of demons. So I was to come to church and hear gospel. You could see pastor preach on cholesterol. 30 years later, they disband cholesterol. <laughs> we should be speaking of father. The people of God are prophetic people. That's what they are supposed to be. When everybody's running in one direction, they don't move. Everybody goes in the other direction, they go in this particular direction. Why? They see what other people don't see. When everybody running to Egypt, Isaac sold in the land. That's prophetic word. I want to pray for the body of Christ. Say that gift, Lord, we need it back. I don't mean people who are designing where your placenta is. As I was praying, I saw one old woman carry your placenta. Say, Pastor, go and sit down. It's not like you are talking about. Tell us what the Lord is doing tomorrow. Now who took care of my placenta? Never heard that old things are passed away. Please, be careful to know how to distinguish between babalawos and prophets. All these DBS that came to church. Why? Because DBI business is not good again. TB Joshua started with white garment. Now they call and say, Pastor, they know they wear white again. Now color. Go buy serious suits. He said he's a man of God. He prophesied something and he came to pass. <laughs> that was in Ghana. My wife, my wife and I went to Ghana. The manager of the hotel where we stayed in Cape Coast. He said, he's a man of God. He prophesied something and he came to pass. <laughs> came to pass. <laughs> oh God, the Lord is good. Why am I stuck on this verse? We have many things. We are reading the whole of that portion. No? We'll read our Colossians later. Our time is really gone. So the, the point I'm making is that, so that's what it is. There are gifts that stir up our gifts. But let's not forget this. Each person has a gift and you must execute, you must um, use it. He said, when that Luke chapter 19, which we read again and again, he said, the man went out and gave minas and said to the servants, do business with this until I come. Do business with this until I come. Each one of us has been given something and we must do business with it until it comes back. We must be occupied with deploying that gift until it comes. And it's through those our gifts that God will execute his plan on the earth. That God will execute his judgment on the earth and he will execute his blessing on the earth. And that's what he's going to ask each person. He's not going to say, were you the pastor of a church? If he did not give you that gift, he will not ask you that one. Are you getting my point? Very important. Whatever you are doing, just make sure you are doing it as unto the Lord. But the emphasis is that each person has one. Now, but those four people, those four pastors, evangelists, um, apostles and prophets, their job is to build every Christian up so that we will no longer be children tossed to and fro, he says, by every wind of doctrine, every new teaching that comes in. But we'll be able to, you know, he said, instead, we will speak the truth in love, grow in every way, every way more and more like Christ. So in everything that we do, we are becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is good. 
Now, so let's just continue. I want to, I want to end it here. In answer from verse 17, this is where I, I will continue from. Next time we'll read verse 17 down to 31. And, and then we'll now go to Colossians chapter 3. And then we'll read um, 1 to 16. Yes, that's what we'll do. I, I just looked at our time now. I think it's proper for us to close at this particular point in time. Uh, the Lord is good. Okay, so what have we said today? Sorry, I have to stop it here. Our time is really far gone. There's no point to keep on staying till so late. What have we said? We'll, just, uh, we'll end it there. Paul emphasized to us, well, there's one body, and I think it's very important we understand that. If that's the only thing we take away from here today, we've gotten that point clear. We are one body in Christ. Amen? Amen. Why are we different? Is because we have different gifts. Even as denominations in quote, we have different gifts. Yes, let's use the expression. There are things we can do more effectively. What is most important for us as believers is that we love one another. I was reading somebody teach about uh, John, dear uh, beloved. All right, if you go and read First John chapter one, you see his emphasis was on love one another. All right, and I think it's something we must all learn how to love one another. As denominations also, how to love one another. Everything has a method. There's a method for loving one another. Love is not a feeling. Let me just quickly explain that. Love for Christians is not a feeling. How you feel is totally irrelevant to what you do as a Christian. It is what you do that is love. For God so loved that he loved the loving idea. Was that what he did? What did the Bible say? He gave. So what is the love of God? He gave his only begotten son. What is love of one denomination for another? It's not as if, okay, I like the way they do their hair. We'll not do our hair like that. It's not so. What are they doing? They are able to go to um, uh, the villages. They are able to go to prisons. They are able to go to places we can't go. Say, fine. We'll call the, the, the senior pastor. What do you guys need? That is love. Don't talk to them. It doesn't matter. That's love. Yeah, you don't have to talk to everybody. Why do you, why do you think you want to talk to everybody? It's still love. Why don't you talk to him? The way the guy talks, I don't like it. Okay, I don't understand him. You can still love him despite that. I hope you're getting my emphasis here. What are they doing? Okay, they go to the prison. Okay, fine. They need money. We have a lot of it. Let's give to them. And you see the other church, the way they are going, half of them are not Christians. Then we'll start praying for them. You are getting my point. We know there's one Lord. There is one faith. There's one spirit. There is one hope. It's just one. Once they are Christians, that's our, our focus. Just to give a few uh, practical tips. So when I was on campus those days, you want to do a major program, you see another fellowship is doing their own. So you leave your own say, don't worry. Ah, this fellowship is doing their own. They didn't talk to you. Just saw their posters. When is it? It's on the 12th and the 13th. So guys, we postpone our own by one week. Why? Those guys are doing 12th and 13th. It's the same evangelism. Let them do their own first. Why are we clashing? You are getting what I'm going to say here. It's simple. That's what they call love. It's simple. Honestly, if you know why Boko Haram is strong, you will know it is us. That's all. That's all. The Lord is good. One love, one Lord, of course, one love, all right? One baptism, one spirit, one hope, one body, one faith, one Father and God who is over all of us. But though we are like that, we now have individual gifts. And that is the reason why we can be different, why we are still one. That is a crucial thing that we should bear in mind as believers in Christ Jesus. Alright, the Lord is good. Let's stop there. Our time is really good. I didn't know why I even spent this amount of time. Let's bow down here quickly. Let's just give the Lord thanks for today. Let's give him thanks. Our school of Bible is the Jesus. I hope we have learned something. Let's just thank him. Say, Lord, thank you. 
Thank you because we are one in Christ Jesus. Thank you because the man, the woman on my left, on my right, is my brother, my sister. Thank you for one love. Thank you for one faith. Thank you for one baptism. Once again, say, Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Help me know which one is my gift that I may execute, that I may use it to serve your purpose in my life. Say, Lord, help me to love my brethren and help my church to love. The truth is that if we are focused on love, our doctrine will be correct. That is a matter of fact. If we are focused on the love of God, our doctrine will be correct. The Holy Spirit will come and give us understanding. The reason why we keep on differing so much is because we don't love one another. Say, Lord, help me to love. Pray for the body of Christ. Say, Lord, let your love be kindled again in our hearts. Sometimes we have a gift, but it's not kindled. Say, Lord, let your love be kindled again in our hearts. Say, Lord, we come against the spirit of competition. The spirit of competition. Say, Lord, we come against that spirit. Lord, bring us to a level where when the church is on that street, we see it as we are already on that street. Let's go to the next one. Lord, let it be the outpouring for the church of God in this season. That we recognize oneness. That we will descend the body of Christ. Say, Lord, restore to us that prophetic gift in its true form. Say, Lord, restore to us that prophetic gift in its true form. Say, Lord, restore to us that prophetic gift in its true form. Raise for us also great apostles. Let that spirit of apostleship come into your body again. You know, Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the harvest field. So Lord, send us these laborers. Send us, all, send us out as laborers. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Our Father, we thank you for today. Thank you. In Jesus' name. The Lord is good. Can you just bless somebody on your left and your right? The person you are free in Jesus' name. You are free in the name of Jesus. You are seated above with Christ Jesus. Above principalities. Above sin. Above the devil. Above economic hardship. Say you are an overcomer. You can persevere. Because Christ is in you. Say you can do all things. Through Christ. He strengthens you. Say me too. Tell the person me too. I can do all things. Because Christ is in me. I am an overcomer. I have been set free. I have been set free. Say this. I have been forgiven. 
all my sins, all my sins they've been forgiven. They have been forgiven. I, am clean. I am clean. I'm washed. I'm, washed. I'm white. I'm I am without spot. I am without blemish. I am perfect in the eyes of the Father. Because He sees me only through Christ. I like this part. Say every curse. Every curse. Because of sin. Because of Noah. Because of the old nature. The curse of the ancestors. They've all passed away. You know, I said something the other time. Even if you are the son of the first son, if you have the first son of the first son of Gehazi, who had the leprosy of Naaman donated to his family, you are free. Amen. Are you getting my point? Why do I have problems? It's not because of a curse. You, are, you will have problems. A little child has problems walking. <laughs> Why? He's just learning. That's just the way it is. He will still grow. I hope you get my point. Life is in phases and men are in sizes. So don't worry. The fact that you're having business problems now means you have to learn. I was watching Beyond the Tank yesterday, my wife and I, and there was something that Demon John said to some boys there. Three guys invested in their business. They said they are soon going to get some supplies, uh, some uh, what they call a uh, purchase orders, some POs, that they don't want to delay supply because it takes about a few weeks to manufacture their things. So they wanted to come to him for money. And he said something, that money is not the only solution to problems. He said, go and find the solution to this one. I didn't give them a dime. And the guy is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And there and then, they began to give them ideas on how they can raise money. There was another woman that the business closed. My wife said, why didn't they give her money? And this, she was being backed by a billionaire, uh, Mark Cuban. And I said, no, you didn't listen carefully to Mark Cuban. He said, you don't throw money at everything. They looked at her and judged that she's not capable of running that business. That they didn't give her extra money. Why am I not telling the story? You got business problems. It's not because you don't have money. What you need is wisdom. Are you getting my point? When you go home this evening, kneel down somewhere and say, Lord, give me the wisdom for my salvation. The Bible says this, if you know the scriptures, you have the spirit of God. It's able to make you wise unto salvation. That if there is something that God wants to do, you need wisdom so it can be released. I hope you get my point. Too much money reduces sense. Yes, I've had that experience. Too much money, the sense does not work. And they give you three million, you will blow it. A man will have only 10,000, get the same results. And you're wondering, how did he do it? It's because he had only 10,000, he had to do it. You had 2 million, just a waste and recklessly. What am I trying to say? Don't even think you are disadvantaged. You're not under a curse. Business challenges is part of life. You will learn. That's why I told that story. You will learn. So tomorrow, when there's nobody to give you 100 million naira, you will know how to get it because of wisdom. Strive Masiu has said that Christians don't understand the power of Christ. That when he dug into the power of Christ, he raised $1.5 billion to buy back the shares of Econet. Strive Masiu. Are you getting my point? As for challenges, it's part of life. That's why he rewards those that overcome, not those that didn't have troubles. To him that overcomes, I hope, I hope you get my point. There cannot be overcomers unless there's something to overcome. Tell your neighbor you are an overcomer. Say, me too. Me too. <laughs> Say, I am, I am an overcomer. All my challenges, I'm walking over them. I'm an overcomer. All my challenges is proving my faith. My faith is being proven. Now, listen to this. I said there are three reasons Christians have problems. I keep on explaining it. Number one, sometimes there is an ignorance. One or two challenges, it means I'm cursed. The Bible says a righteous man feels how many times? Seven times. 
they will keep going. The ability to persevere is a mark of Christianity. That is number one. There is something you are supposed to learn. Go and learn it. A righteous man fails seven times, falls seven times, does not mean it's in the same spot. All right? Each spot, he learns a lesson, moves to the next one. Each spot. Abraham had a lot of problems, and those were the reasons he discovered the name of God, the names of God, what God is under every situation. I hope you are getting my point here. Second reason why Christians have problems, I mentioned ignorance. The second reason is that sometimes they put their hands in what is wrong. So go and bring the ark. You go and bring a donkey, a, 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 a cart, and be dragging it. God said, carry it on the shoulders of priests. So he did what is wrong. So there was a problem. Uzzah died in the process. We are sorry. Uzzah is dead. All right, but it's not my fault. You're the one that carried the ark wrongly. Now learn the right way. David said that the first time the Lord broke out on us because we did not seek him after the due order. Learn the due order. Don't ever think you are, you are right. If you insist that you are right, that is when you are really wrong. The reason why I don't have, nobody's helping me. So God has departed you from you. Ask yourself, why did he depart from me? Because if, if my brothers forsake me, David taught us, the Lord will not forsake me. So if you are forsaken, there's a problem. Don't blame anybody. Are you getting my point? Yes, it's very important. So there's something you are doing wrong. That's the problem a lot of times. Learn the right thing. Like I said, having learned the right thing, putting the right things in place, God wants to separate the men from the boys. Who are those who are committed to the right thing? For that reason, sometimes they go through what the Bible calls the trial of their faith. In which case, they've learned the right thing, they are doing it, but it's not working as well as it should. And the devil says, bow down to me and I will give you everything. And they will say, no, I am not bowing. Even though he slays me, yet I will trust him. I will stay here because I have discovered this is right. So they are there for some time also. It looks like they are having problems. No, their faith is just being tried. None of these reasons include why a curse, ancestral curses, somebody in the family said the girls will never marry somebody, in Christ, rubbish. I hope you get my point. Listen, they said no rich man has ever come from your family. That's their problem. That was then. This is now. Are you getting my point? What did I say? That was then. Say, I am in the now. Say, now I am in Christ. Now I am free. You have succeeded in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is well with you in Jesus' name. Alright, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication. Please bless somebody beside you.